in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Austin leaders want to figure out how artificial intelligence can help with work and projects. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. Good morning, I'm Sally Hernandez. Austin City Council is meeting today. They're going to vote on a new resolution when it comes to AI. Some council members want the city to lean into the technology, but others are asking for some guardrails too. And council member Vanessa Fuentes hopes the city is going to keep an eye on things like plagiarism and bias. She also hopes it watches for tech replacement with humans in their jobs. Artificial intelligence is all around us. And what my item seeks to do is explore how the city of Austin as an employer integrates guardrails and protocols regarding integrating AI technology into the workflows of city processes and services, as well as take a look at you know, what more can and should we be doing with this type of technology. If approved today, it's going to ask the city manager to kickstart the process for creating those guidelines and looking at ways AI can be used. That will then come back to council later this year. But statewide, we know Texas created the Artificial Intelligence Advisory Board. It was last June. The council oversees how the technology is being used in state agencies and is actually tasked with suggesting legislative changes. Agencies are required to report information to the board by July of this year. First warning weather with meteorologist Rich Siegel. And a very pleasant good Thursday morning to you. Kristen has the morning off. We are looking at an increase in cloudiness still as we started to see the clouds roll into the area yesterday during the afternoon and the slug of moisture continues to move off the Pacific and through Texas and affecting our area. No rain today, but we do have a little bit of rain coming very late tonight. 59 degrees in Austin right now. Most of our temperatures are unseasonably warm. Normal low for this morning is 46. We won't come anywhere close to that for most of the area. Coolest air though is up in San Saba, 44 degrees, 54 at Lano and off to the east, uh, several at 57, including Bastrop and Giddings. The wind is out of the south. Most wind speeds are light, five miles an hour or less. There are a couple uh, that have a little higher wind speed, but for the most part, we'll have a south wind at five to 10 across the area today. All right, we will start with clouds and we will see a mostly cloudy sky, minimal sunshine through the afternoon, but look at our forecast high today. 73 degrees. Still to come, we'll time the next rain. There won't be much of it when the cold front arrives and how strong will these wind gusts be? All coming up in just a few minutes here in First Warning Weather. Back to you. Thank you, Rich. There are still a lot of questions this morning following a deadly mass shooting in Kansas City. Hundreds of thousands of people packing that downtown area to celebrate the city's Super Bowl win. It was supposed to be such a happy atmosphere when a lot of gunfire started to ring out near the end of the parade route. And we now know a local radio DJ died and as many as 22 others were shot, including children. Three people are now detained and NBC's Jay Gray shows us what happened from Kansas City. In just seconds, the celebration shifts. I can see people jumping the fence right now. To panic and chaos as the blast of gunshots echoes along the parade route. We just dropped down to the ground. My daughter tried to climb on top of me to protect me. And I tried to just hold her so nothing would happen to her. Hundreds of thousands scattering. Police, more than 800 assigned to the parade, running toward the gunfire. Immediately, officers responded to the area, took two people into custody. 
Fans appear to tackle and pin down a third suspect while medics rush to help the victims. She was on the ground, bleeding from her mouth, all over her shoulder. One person killed, at least 21 wounded. Eight of those injuries considered life-threatening. And at least 11 of the victims are between the ages of 6 and 15. Physically, though, all of the children are expected to make full recoveries. Just a lot of shock, honestly. It's just crazy that this is what the world's come to. For Kansas City's police chief, the shock quickly gives way to frustration. I'm angry at what happened today. The people who came to this celebration should expect a safe environment. The city's mayor left with lingering concern. And I think that's something that all of us who are our parents, who are just regular people living each day, have to decide what we wish to do about it. Parades, rallies, schools, movies, it seems like almost nothing is safe. A fear shared by so many here right now. Jay Gray, NBC News, Kansas City. Austin police have identified the driver who died after crashing into the waiting area of an emergency room at St. David's North on Tuesday. APD tells us that the person behind that will was 57-year-old Michelle Holloway. The crash hurt five others, two of them children. Police say there is no indication at this time that this was an intentional act. They also revealed, though, there's no indication the driver suffered a medical episode. One woman who was there says she has been traumatized by this whole thing. The mental images and the sounds are going to be a lot, but I think I can work through like what actually happened and knowing that like it's not going to happen again and like we're all safe is, is important. Hospital leaders say they have since resumed operations. A serious national security threat this morning. The warning from the chair of the House Intelligence Committee. Keeping live music playing in Austin. The push to bring back a free summer tradition dating back decades. Good morning, everyone. On this Thursday, February the 15th, a live look outside to kickstart your day. Rich Siegel is here. He's going to give you an idea of what your weather is looking like today and into tomorrow, of course. But first, a warning from the chair of the House Intelligence Committee this morning about a serious national security threat. And we see news reports that threat is related to a space-related capability from the Russian military. And Intel Chair Representative Mike Turner called on President Biden to declassify further information. It's in order for the U.S. to be able to discuss the response with its allies. NBC's Chief White House Correspondent Peter Alexander is breaking down this security threat. This morning, the president's national security advisor is set to meet with top lawmakers about that cryptic warning about a, quote, serious national security threat. NBC News has learned that that threat refers to a Russian military capability, specifying its capabilities in space. The alarming situation follows the Republican head of the House Intelligence Committee calling on President Biden to declassify details about that threat so that he says Congress, the Biden administration, and America's allies can discuss an appropriate response. After that initial warning, the top Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee said that people should not panic. We're going to have the very latest on all of it coming up this morning on Today. 
Also, a verdict in the $370 million civil fraud case against former President Donald Trump is expected by the end of the week. The highly anticipated ruling will cap a trial that started October 2nd and including testimony from the former president and his three oldest children. Closing arguments took place on January 11th. New York State Attorney General Letitia James' office saying Trump and top officials committed persistent fraud by inflating financial statements. The judge has already found that Trump and his executives did engage in fraud. He now needs to decide on the issue of intent and what penalties Trump and his company should pay. New insight on efforts to house the homeless community here in Austin. How the city is focusing on where people go after shelter. Good morning. The Longhorns women's basketball team took their show to Houston last night. We'll recap the action as Texas went for their fifth straight win. That's later in sports. Keep it in. Good morning, everyone. A live look from our camera over on the Indeed building, looking at the domain in Q2 Stadium right there. Sports is coming up in just the next few minutes. But first, we have new insight on the efforts when it comes to housing the homeless community right here in Austin. And is it working? A record-breaking number of people, more than 3,300 people, used Austin homeless shelters last year. That's according to the city. We have KXAN's Grace Reader explaining the city is also focused on where people go after shelter. The city of Austin says it's seeing more people in its homeless shelters than ever. But the clock is ticking on 300 of the city's shelter beds at the marshalling yard, which was intended to be a shelter only temporarily. And if we increase the gap, that is that we have less shelter beds as a result of a decision not to continue the marshalling yard, then I think it'll put us in jeopardy. City staff hinted Tuesday at what could come next, roughly halfway through its one-year contract with the group running the marshalling yard. We do intend to come back to council at some point in the near future to have that conversation about what ongoing operations at the marshalling yard could look like and whether or not that's something that uh, council is going to give us the authority to appropriate funds towards. But what about where people go next? City data shows that only around 3% of people leaving shelter actually end up in permanent supportive housing units. Think longer term care with wraparound resources like mental health support and case management. But the city says they're making progress there too. We hope to see a place where for long term folks have a stable home. Volunteers of America is one of the groups we've talked to working to provide more of that long-term care. Many of those projects we've told you about are soon to come online. For example, this hotel in North Austin, the Bungalows, which will become permanent supportive housing later this year. And this one at the former Candlewood Suites Hotel, now called Pecan Gardens, which looks much different on the outside than even a couple months ago. We learned that one's expected to open up around April. The city says more than a thousand permanent supportive housing units are expected to come online in the next two or so years. That's a 630% increase over what's available now. Grace Reader, KXAN News. City of Austin said it also needs roughly 600 additional shelter beds in the next couple of years. And according to Ending Community Homelessness Coalition's dashboard, there are an estimated more than 5,500 people experiencing unsheltered homelessness in Austin. ECHO reaches the estimate by pulling in data from a number of service providers, shelters, and other outreach groups. Compare that to ECHO's point in the time county count data. 
And that's where people physically go out to count the population on a night, and that happens every other year. Last year, the most recent count, just under 3,000 people experiencing homelessness. That count is something the feds mandate in cities across the country, but it's only a snapshot and well established to be undercounted. Going in depth, there will soon be more space to house people in Austin who are experiencing homelessness. Just last week, TxDOT announced it bought the property adjacent to Camp Esperanza to help expand the site and nearly double the current space. The site offers tiny homes like this, the profit that runs it. The Other Ones Foundation says it will help people who have historically been underserved, including members of the LGBTQI plus community, people with pets or people with substance use disorder. The free summer concert series at Zilker Park Blues on the Green may have another chance of a comeback. Today, Austin City Council is going to vote on a proposal to keep the tradition alive. It's just a month after Austin City Limits Radio canceled Blues on the Green, blaming rising costs. If council approves the resolution, the city manager is going to look into making the concert series a city co-sponsored event. The resolution also calls for keeping the shows free. Well, I, I mean, I like, I like that it would stay free. I do too, because I was thinking more along the lines that maybe they would charge you a little bit of right. a fee, and I think mm -hmm. that people would be willing to pay. But if the city says well, we're willing yeah, to we'll, pay, yeah, we'll foot the bill. All right. I do think though that having it throughout the summer just isn't. It's not our finest season. It's not. There are so many times that it's either really hot or that it gets rained out. That's true. That's true. I think it'd be better served to have it in the fall. Right. You? Yeah, or, or spring. Or spring. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have a lot of cloud cover this morning. Yeah. We only have a little bit of rain coming. It's really a little bit, too, as the uh, amount of rain we're seeing has decreased with each model run that I've seen. Here is a live look from downtown Austin, the Austonian weather cam, and we're just showing for now an overcast sky and 59 degrees. Uh, overnight, we saw a little bit of a spike in both the Cedar and the Elm. Actually, this occurred early yesterday afternoon, and the 24-hour moving average ending at 3 o'clock this morning finds Cedar in very high numbers and Elm in high numbers. And these numbers will drop off as we get further into the morning, but we'll update you as we go along. Mulberry medium and mold low, and molds were a little bit lower. All right, our high temperatures this afternoon after readings in the upper 60s at noon are going to warm even further into the low to mid-70s on this Thursday afternoon on a day where the normal high is 66 degrees. We are going to stay mostly cloudy through the day and clouds continue tonight. After midnight is when the rain starts and look, it's very, very minimal as to how much aerial coverage there'll be. It's confined primarily to areas southeast to south of Austin and for folks in Caldwell, Bastrop, Lee and Fayette counties. And then by 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, the rain is gone and then we stay cloudy through the day. Then the next thing we wait for is the arrival of the cold front. It's going to arrive a little earlier than expected. It'll get here Friday evening. It will clear the area by around midnight, and then we have a strong north wind overnight Saturday morning, and the wind speeds, we'll get into that in just a moment, will stay up through the morning and then start to drop off during the afternoon. And that's how much rain we are looking for, just a few hundreds up to maybe a few, a lucky few with a little more than a tenth of an inch. All right, here are the gusts. By the time we get to 3 a.m., Saturday 25 to 35 that will be common through 7 a.m. and then by noon the gusts start to drop off under 30 get even lower by 6 o'clock 
most under 20. And then by the time the marathon starts on Sunday morning, we're looking at a north wind at around 5 to 10 miles an hour. From the first morning weather center, mostly cloudy today, a south wind at 5 to 10, your high 73. We'll be at around 58 or so overnight uh, with a 20% chance of rain. 69 clouds and rain on Friday. Saturday morning, we start at 42. We end only at 52, but with that strong north wind, we'll likely have wind chills in the 40s and maybe even some 30s out in the hill country. Sunday will be bright. We'll end the weekend with a low of 34 for the marathon and a high of 59. And on President's Day, will be mostly sunny. On President's Day, your high, 70 degrees. Looks pretty good. Thank you, Rich. Austin's airport is getting tens of millions more in federal money. Congressman Lloyd Doggett says it's to help make the airport more effective for passengers. Doggett's office says the extra $39 million is going to come from the Infrastructure Act. About half of that money will design 20 new gates. The remaining money will go toward the Barbara Jordan Terminal's atrium, and that will allow for more passengers to pass through. Doggett says so far the airport's received more than $100 million through the Infrastructure Act. You will have a new option soon to fly out of Austin's airport. The low-cost carrier Frontier will launch a new non-stop flight to Cleveland. The new route will operate three times a week beginning May 16th and is one of several that the airline is adding from Cleveland Hopkins International Airport, citing soaring growth there. No other airline currently flies directly from Austin to Cleveland. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning, UT women's basketball has proven to be quite mighty despite all of the injuries and difficulties they've been through. They faced Houston on the road last night as they went for their fifth straight win and fourth straight on the road. Dick Schaefer also went for win number 400 as a head coach. Pick up in the second quarter, tied at 18. Jacqueline Wynn and Tonda misses, but Deanna Gaston there for the rebound and put back Texas up by two. Next possession for Houston, and it's Brittany Onyajay with the jumper. She had 11 points for the Cougars, the Pflugerville native contributing big time there last night for Houston. And then Cameron Jones with the steal and the layup to put the Cougars up by two. But Texas will go on a roll after that. Madison Booker hits the jumper to put them up 29-22. Then same score, Shaylee Gonzalez gets it, drives in. No look pass to Amina Muhammad for the layup. Longhorns up by nine. Shea Holly led Texas in scoring on Saturday. Didn't lead him in scoring last night, but it has a nice drive and layup, plus the foul right there. Texas on a 15-0 run at that point, and the domination would continue in the second half. Third quarter, Houston with the ball. Gonzalez stole it. They give it over to Deanna Gasson for the layup. She had 21 points, a season high. Then Madison Booker, she was the high scorer with 23. That was two plus the foul right there. She also had the second most rebounds for Texas as the Longhorns win 82-66 to to win their fifth straight. These kids, like this team, is just... They just continue to do it. You know, I keep saying they're doing it. Uh, you know, to, to have had the obstacles they've had, and I think we're finally getting a little healthier. Um, it's a special group. Even losing Rory, this team still has a, has a chance. Yep, and so Texas will take on Iowa State. Coming up on Saturday, Iowa State beat Kansas State last night in double overtime, 96-93. to Tip-off will be at 3 o'clock inside the Moody Center. That's it for sports. Let's go back over to you. For those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Stick around. Here's what we're tracking for you in the 5 o'clock hour on KXAN Today. 
Why Austin's Airport Advisory Commission wants local and state agencies to do everything it can to keep traffic moving when crashes happen. In-depth investigative. This is KXAN News Today. A live look this morning. This is outside from TxDOT, the camera at State Highway 71 and Presidential Boulevard. We pop up this camera frequently because crashes on 71 can cause major delays impacting your ride to the airport. Oh yeah, now Austin's Airport Advisory Commission wants local and state agencies to do everything it can to keep traffic moving if there is a crash. KXAN's Dylan McKim is here with us live from outside the airport. Dylan, uh, pretty dark where you are right now, but one day this could be uh, an important, important part of the airport, path to the airport. Yeah, guys, this is East Riverside Drive that I'm standing on, right on the outskirts of the airport. In fact, you may be able to see those red and yellow lights in my in the background behind me. That's the runway uh, to the airport, one of those runways. About six years ago, there was an idea to extend this road all the way into the airport as another option to get in and out for travelers. That didn't happen, and now traffic solely relies on 71 being clear. The morning of November 15th last year was not a great time to catch a flight. You know, at 8.01, let's continue to discuss the situation on Highway 71. A deadly crash on Highway 71 left eastbound lanes closed. Bad news for people driving to the airport. So big heads up if you're trying to go to the airport, if you're trying to go to work at Tesla, help us spread the word that this is happening because a big traffic issue. Austin's airport sending out warnings to travelers about the delay. One man tweeting that traffic was backed up for hours. The Airport Advisory Commission is seeking a procedure to keep at least one lane open during traffic incidents if it's possible. Because we want to ensure that people